0: network a call right now and get our free audiobook guide 800-514-0521 800-514-0521 that's
1: 800-514-0521 you guys it's Rick Tittle
2: Hey, hey, ho, ho, your ugly face has got to go. Hey, hey, ho, ho, your ugly face. Rick Tittle with you. What's going on? We got three hours of sports talk. And um, at ten twenty five we'll bring in author Valentine Lowe for his book, Courtiers, Intrigue, Ambition, and the Power Players Behind the House of Windsor. Tie your tie at half Windsor. Windsor Castle. That's in Berkshire. In it. Sorry, I won't like that. Talk like that at all, shall I? All right. Sorry about that. Um. So of course the royal family, we'll talk to them, and uh, then uh, Jay, we'll talk to them, and then uh, J D Sharp will talk college hoops with us. <clears throat> That'll come up at eleven twelve. But other than that, this is what this show was formed for: is one person on a mic and one person on a phone talking sports. And the great thing about this show, well, let's face it, I'm so great now, is that I'll talk about any sporting topic that you would like, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, Quidditch, rollerball, chess checkers, rugby, cricket, Bulgarian yak, racing, drone attacks, well not that kind, but let's talk about it together, 1-800-878-PLAY. Big shout out to our brave men and women who are listening on the American Forces Radio Network, 177 countries the lay people, and also our allies as well. Rick, am I an ally? If you have to ask, you're probably not, but uh, you're doing a great job, and uh, stay safe and hope we see you at home very, very soon. We're also on the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app, also uh, Twitch and twitch.tv. There I am, resplendent, and yet another homemade haircut. Come on in. My barber uh, didn't survive the pandemic. I was going there over 25 years. Didn't make it. I know. Thanks, Putin. Can I blame that on him? All right, just playing. We got three hours. We're going to talk sports. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
3: Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool, so you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. And now, save $1,000 on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed Queen, only $19.99, plus special financing, only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details.
6: Hi, I'm John Smoltz, former Major League Baseball pitcher and current Hall of Famer. I've had the pleasure of seeing so many great products come and go, but the Rope is the best I've ever seen. I promise you it's going to help the little leaguer, it's really going to help the big leaguer, and it's going to save those young arms from a lot of injuries.
0: The Rope Trainer allows a player to grip an actual baseball or softball while warming up. So check out theropetrainer.com and see why Hall of Famer John Smoltz swears by it. That's theropetrainer.com.
2: Thank you for that. Rick Tittle with you. Open lines the entire first hour. 1 800 878 play. For those who always say, why don't you talk sports? Why don't you talk sports? I uh, just tweeted out and put on Facebook pick up Valentine Lowe's new book to catch up on all your palace intrigue. <laughs> I mean, which is true, but it's also just kind of a little halfway dig at the people are like, why don't
7: you talk sports?
2: Uh, Valentine Lowe is on the inside <clears throat> There's a picture of him talking with King Charles is it Elroy? King Charles Um. also when I was talking about the A's a couple of weeks ago they're like I think Ryan Noda should be the first baseman and um, Ryan Noda just liked that one <laughs> hey man He's a kid out of Oregon. Why wouldn't he be looking for his name on social media? Someone says, I think Ryan Noda should start. He's like, yeah, I think so too. I think I should be the first baseman. All right, play. The rule that we've had for, <clears throat> geez, almost 20 years, the old one and done, uh, what's like going back to 05, and KD and Greg Oden, KD went to Texas for a year, and Oden went to Ohio State for a year, and, No more drafting kids out of college. I think the last year was the Monte Ellis year for the Warriors where you could come right out, and I think he was Mississippi Player of the Year in high school. Well, it looks like, and Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, has been talking about this for quite some time, to get the age down from uh, 19 uh, to 18. Uh, Right now, if a high school player doesn't want to go to college, They do have the option of going to the G League um, or overseas, which a couple have done, some even to China. Now, they're saying that it looks like this rule is finally going to go away because they're now allowing NBA scouts at all these high school events and all-star games. And McDonald's All-American game, of course, is huge. The Nike Hoop Summit is another one. Um, Those are the top seniors in the country. And the scouts were also allowed to attend high school and AAU events, like the Pangos All-American Camp, Adidas 3SSB Circuit, Tarkanian Classic, and then <clears throat> two weeks ago, the Hoop Hall Classic. And now also at the NPBA, um, NBPA Top 100 Camp in Nike's Peach Jam. So they're all NBA scouts here now, and this past summer, there was a game between 15 and unders, and there were a bunch of NBA scouts looking at two sophomores, high school sophomores, Cameron Boozer and Cooper Flagg. Now, I remember when Jason Kidd was at St. Joseph's High School here in Alameda, And he was interviewed by a guy, Gary Radnich, when he was a sophomore because everyone said Jason Kidd can play in the NBA right now when he was 15. He's faster than everybody in the NBA. He's better passer than anybody in the NBA. He can play in the NBA right now. And of course, he had two more years to go at St. Joe's where I once played basketball when I was a high school basketball player. Uh, 1979, I know, Taft was president. Actually, Jimmy Carter was. It's almost the same thing, right? But um, they're seeing now kids with mouths uh, mouths full of braces, you know, just 15-year-olds. And uh, Boozer was interviewed, the sophomore, he said, I just want to show the NBA scouts my versatility and that I have an inside-out game. If I just keep improving on myself and working on becoming the best version of me, that will shine through on the court. So the NBA is already adjusting to the potential removal of this one-and-done rule because they have hired former uh, grassroots and high school analysts and insiders who are already plugged in, which is basically that they've hired Rivals.com. Um, rivals.com National Recruiting Analyst Corey Evans was added to the Oklahoma City funder. And then the T-Wolves just announced that they have hired Josh Gershon, who is a former recruiting analyst for 247 Sports, which is another high school uh, evaluation site. And so uh, Adam Silver, I mean, he said it in the uh, media address in the summer. There's an annual news conference. And he said, I think there's an opportunity to change it. It's based on larger conversations than just whether we go from 19 to 18. But I'm on record. When I balance all of these various considerations, I think that would be the right thing to do. And I am hopeful that's a change we can make in this next collective bargaining cycle, which will happen in the next couple of years. So that seems unlikely to be ready by next year. And um, which means that Flag and Cooper would have to go through their uh, junior and senior years. But there are already two high school freshmen that are turning heads AJ DeBonsta and Tyran Stokes, and um, who, as I said, are 14 years old. So um, change might just be a coming. Play. One other quick thing I saw, there were a lot of people now going back to the combine and looking, I know the Athletic has, NFL Rookie Watch has, and looking at what people said about Brock Purdy. And there's one story that said um, a guy just wrote two big words, all caps with exclamation point, no interest. And then, even going back to when he was in high school, he visited Alabama, and the quote from Nick Saban was, you're below average in height, and your arm strength is whatever, your accuracy is average. So what these things are trying to do is like, ha, 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 all these people blew it. They really didn't. They really didn't blow it. I mean, I remember I had Mark Mulder at the time, this is number two overall pick out of Michigan State. And he wasn't drafted out of high school. And he said, why would I be drafted? I was skinny and I had no arm. So when you look at these scouts... And look, scouts have to say something bad or they're not doing their job. And it's funny now to look back at Steph Curry. You know, he dribbles himself into trouble. He can't pass. He can't guard. He's too short. All the bad things you want to say about him. Or at least negatives about him. And you got to say something. But on the other hand, I don't think... That Nick Saban was probably wrong his arm strength probably was whatever and he probably you know he's probably looking for a guy you know at least 6-4 and he's not so it's one thing to say ha 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 you missed out I just would like to know if I ever I don't know if they mentioned it, if I was ever back at Levi's I would just want to ask the Niners was Brock Purdy a big board selection in other words you just went to your big board and said who's left Brock Purdy? Or was there a champion in the room? Was there one scout who's saying, I'm telling you, this guy started year after year at Iowa State. We have to draft this guy. I would like to know who that person is because they can take the credit for it. Or whether it was, like I say, just big board. In other words, you just look and say, okay, it's the whatever, 264th pick. (laughs) Who's left? Uh, The Iowa State quarterback? I don't even know his name, but whoever's there drafted. I mean, it could have been one way or the other. I would have to think there'd have to be a champion for him. Just to say I know this kid doesn't look like much, but uh, he proved enough to me in college that I think he's he's worth spending a draft pick on. Alright, I'm Rick Tittle, we're talking some sports. We're wide open at one 800 878 play. Come on back.
8: Remember in the beginning when you first started to build a life for you and your family. You never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you.
9: Stop overpaying and call right now.
0: Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-965-1295. 800-965-1295. 800-965-1295. That's 800-965-1295.
10: You spent over a decade in the Middle East, and I just wanted to say that I'm a great fan of your work. Well, thank you I, very I, much I Don't that. interrupt me, please. Thank <laughs> you. What did I
11: You must be crazy. Use a D-O-G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
2: This is what had happened. Rick Tittle with you. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. Get yourself in and get yourself heard. Wherever you might happen to be listening in this great land of ours, this great land of Bulgaria, from Varna to Zofia to the Black Sea, we are here for you. I heard this guy on BART today and he had the most horrific accent I've ever heard and I don't want to repeat it. But I was just thinking yet his his struggle you struggle. His struggle to uh oh my whole computer just crashed. Oh well, that's interesting. There goes uh Twitch and there goes everything. Ah, that's fun stuff. We'll just have to do a hard reboot. Rick, I want to do a reboot, but I want to make sure it's a hard reboot. 1-800-878-PLAY. Anyway, my point was, without sounding xenophobic, was that this guy's struggling to learn English, and yet I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. All right, 1-800-878-PLAY. There was a report today that the Packers... Are expected to consider Aaron Rodgers, but that it would have to be to an AFC team so he can haunt them in the Super Bowl. <laughs> no. But uh, remember, he emphasized, did Rodgers, that he would be playing elsewhere if the right opportunity arose? Well, we just have two weeks of playoff football left until the end, until the beginning of the offseason. And uh, Green Bay is then expected to consider a trade uh, at that point. Now, Adam Schefter on Sports Center said, <clears throat> it's hard to imagine he's going to retire and surrender a $110 million contract of guaranteed money. So that means either he's back at Green Bay, or the team explores the idea of trading him, Now Jordan Love is getting closer and closer to playing. So yes, one of these scenarios that the Green Bay Packers are expected to explore this offseason is the idea that they could have to part ways with Aaron Rodgers in the form of a trade. Yes. That doesn't mean it will happen. Uh, If he wants that and they're on the same page, then it's realistic. But Schefter said it would have to be to the AFC. Now, Rodgers is just one year removed from signing that three-year, $150 million, $150 million extension with Green Bay. But he did uh, go out of his way in his first post-Week 18 remarks to highlight that he prefers to stay in Green Bay. But Love, who did replace Rodgers a little bit this season, is heading into his fourth NFL year, and this is the team that moved up to take him in the first round in 2020, and the team could be looking to replenish its draft assets and salary cap space after finishing 9-8. and eight. Remember, they just had to beat the Lions at home, and they couldn't do it, and that meant San Francisco got to host Seattle. But, if Rodgers and the Packers looked apart ways after eight seasons together of what you should have been in silver and black the whole time. There are a number of AFC teams that would line up for this guy. One of them. You got it. The Raiders. <laughs> of course, I'm going to say the Raiders. And, um, hold on. I've rebooted now. I will get, uh, the stream up going again here on uh, Twitch. And uh, so right now we are, we're twitching again. All right. Uh, Not just the Raiders, but Schefter mentioned three other teams, the Jets, the Titans, and the Patriots. I don't think it's the Titans. They have Tannehill. The Patriots still have Mac Jones, but you would upgrade, obviously, if you had a chance to get Aaron Rodgers. And, um, of course, the Jets have Zach Wilson, who got benched for guys, plural, that you never heard of. And you think about Aaron Rodgers coming back to Devontae Adams. You wonder if Aaron Rodgers has any modicum of fondness towards the Raiders growing up in Northern California. I don't know. I know people who I grew up with in my same school that don't like the local teams. Um, And New England, of course, has Bill O'Brien back to uh, call plays. The question is if they want to move on from him. If that's it, you're done, you're out, we're, we're, we're finished. All right, um, also uh, in the niffle, as I call it, Robin, Robin Williams always said, makes you remember that men have nipples. That was always one of his lines. And then he would hold his chest and everybody was like, what? Um, we're hearing more rumors when it comes to the draft about trades. <clears throat> and the latest rumor is that the Bears do unload the number one pick, and it's to the Raiders <laughs> who takes C.J. Stroud number one overall because he will not be there at seven. And he's the only quarterback I like in this draft, Six three two twenty. He can stand in the pocket. He's got some good legs. He's got a good arm. He's experienced at the highest level of college football but that that would be the trade. Now, I don't know what they'd have to give up, but the Bears are not going to sell to the Raiders cheaply. Why would they? I would probably think it would be three number ones. <clears throat> um, and I hate sitting out the first round of the draft. I hate it. And it happened when they drafted or when they traded for Willie Galt, number one pick to the Bears. It happened when they traded for Richard Seymour. It happened when they traded for Carson Palmer. These number one picks, which meant... Now, you had to watch anyway in case they moved back into the first round. Remember Josh Garnett? I was at the Niners um, stadium, Levi's, in their media room <clears throat> during the draft when they drafted uh, Buckner out of Oregon. And and so it was me and and Killian and Matt Mayoko and all the Niner writers. And so I did a couple of radio hits. For 95.7, what's going on in Santa Clara? Let's go to Rick Tittle. He's there. He's got his finger on the pulse of San Francisco. Rick, what's going on? And then I said, but literally we were getting ready to wrap it up, and it's like, ah, the Niners have moved back into the first round. What? Yeah, Josh Garnett. Oh. He was the guy who, when the Niners had an open camp, he came over from Stanford and he said, I know I'm already you know, supposed to be a second-round pick at the worst, but I want to show you what I can do in person, and I want to show you that this is my dream team, and I really want to play for the Niners, and no one else, so please draft me, please. And they did, and they moved back into the first round. How long did Josh Garnett last? Like three years. I know he had a lot of injury problems. He was a offensive guard, I believe. But <clears throat> just showing that that can happen. So, what would happen after that that would leave the texans at 2 and they'll they'll they don't need to go anywhere they can have whoever doesn't get taken number 1 and the worst thing you'd end up to, with is Bryce Young who's listed at 6 foot 195 he's probably more like 5'10 180 <clears throat> and then the cardinals will say oh i can't believe that you know Jalen Carter or Will Anderson fell into my lap i can't believe it now I like both those guys. If I had to pick, I would always lean towards the edge rusher. You know, no offense to Jalen Carter, who might be the next Aaron Donald interior, but Will Anderson is just one of the most, the best edge rusher maybe in the last decade that we've seen. Uh, In between that, though, the lightest mock is the Colts at four would then take Will Levis. Yeah. So it looks like either way, there's going to be three quarterbacks in the first five picks, and that... It's not that surprising. After that, you would think Anthony Richardson sitting at 9, if Carolina's okay up there with him. I mean, would they let Mayfield stay and then have a year of Anthony Richardson on the bench? I don't know. But that would be four quarterbacks in the top 10. And then after that, you're basically looking, I don't know, third or fourth round. I mean, it happened last year. Cody Pickett, first-round pick of the Steelers, And then all these other guys we heard about were third-round picks, you know, Malik Willis' and Howells and some of these other guys. And you're just like, well, I guess they're not going to be a first-round pick. I do think, though, that when the Steelers pick at 17, it's going to be Joey Porter Jr. I mean, how – and he's a corner. How do you not (laughs) – 6'2", 195, really good cover corner out of Penn State. How do you not take Joey Porter Jr. when you're the Steelers? Now they could surprise everyone and say, Dalton Kincaid, tight end, Utah. And he would step right into the vacancy that was created when they dealt T.J. Hawkinson. But these are all things. I I just wonder where Quentin Johnston is going to go. Because, unfortunately, we have these names that are now verbs like boycott. That was the guy's name. And now we use his name when we boycott stuff. We have a Lewinsky. I think we know what that is. Sorry to bring it up. And now we have TCU'd. Oh, I don't want to get TCU'd. <laughs> so I wonder <laughs> where their fine wide receiver, Quentin Johnson. No one's going to hold that against him, where he's going to go. All right, we're talking some sports, baby. So come on in and let's talk one 800
0: ask about Spirit's vision plan. Here's the number. 800-634-0482. 800-634-0482. That's 800-634-0482.
12: move your things the right way call colonial van lines now for a free quote
0: call now to learn more about this special 250 dollars long distance move discount 800-847-0225 800-847-0225 800-847-0225 that's 800-847-0225 now
8: you see that evil will always triumph because good is dumb
11: Tittle always goes commando.
2: Hey, thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. We're talking sports and uh, it's a good escape because turn on the news. It's just always horrific. I'll never understand people who just watch the news all day and just, you know, just, it's just horrible. And remember it is an entertainment industry. This isn't like some sort of, Um, Bizarre, altruistic (laughs) information-giving. All right. um, We got our results from the Baseball Hall of Fame voting, and we have one guy voted in. That's Scott Rowland. And it's funny. I saw a picture of him with his daughter and his son, and his son literally looks exactly like him. No paternity test there. But... um, Yeah, it's kind of lame when it's only one guy, but if it's one guy, then it's one guy. We'll get back to that in a second. But we got Charlie on the line. What's up, Checkpoint Charlie?
1: Hey, Rick, what's going on, buddy? Before you get into the Hall of Fame, uh, can we talk a little more about the draft for a few minutes?
2: Let's do it.
1: Uh, All right. Uh, On paper, I would love the Raiders to have Aaron Rodgers. I just think between the asking price and his, his salary, I just think it would just unless he completely restructured his deal. I mean, what 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 would the Packers? I think the Packers are on the verge of rebuild mode. I mean, they, 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 they need a lot of help in a lot of areas, and I just think it would benefit them the most to move Rodgers and just stockpile picks. But I would imagine it would be multiple first-round picks, a couple of twos, maybe a, a Waller or a Hunter Renfro. I, I just think the asking price would just be too much. Um, but I would, I would love the Raiders out of Rogers. But I, 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 just don't. I just think it would be, it would gut them. What and, would you trade? Maybe.
2: I would trade a one and a two and Renfro. That wouldn't be enough. But that's what I would give up: a one and a two and Renfro, and just throw away this year's draft. Give them a wide receiver that's handy. We can probably live without. But I don't want to go multiple years of missing out on no. first round.
1: Oh, absolutely not. I would, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, or, or, if not Renfro or Waller, because Waller is starting to break down and get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they got, and they have, uh, um, uh, Morneau, uh, Foster Moreau. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Romero, uh mm-hmm. but, uh, but setting that aside, because I don't see that happening, um, other than, Tom Brady, and I'm not excited about Tom Brady. To be honest with you, is there any other QB other than if they just roll the dice with a Stroud, they move up to one? Would you get excited about a Jimmy G? I, I think he's worse. He's on the same level as Carr. Um, you know, between 10 and 15, 10 and you know, 12 and 16 in ranking, uh, Jimmy G would not excite me at all.
2: No, it doesn't. That other... I mean, listen. I know McDaniel's knows him from his time in New England, but you think about the money they're paying him. It's just, um, you know, it's like I said. I think Carr's probably a little bit better than him. I mean, a, it would be better than Stidham. But what I get the question is, what I get excited? The answer is a big no. No,
1: you know, I, I don't, listen. Uh, they they stunk for so long outside of one or a couple of years. They're almost, you know, I wouldn't. I really don't want them to do this, but they because they, they're not moving on from McDaniel's and Ziegler, they, they're almost better off just doing a complete rebuild. But they're not doing that because they have the money, and I would hate to see them stink for a couple more years. But they, they, they just have their defense is terrible. Their offensive line, I mean, Colton Miller is okay. Um, I know they got Adams and they got they got they give money to these guys. I, I don't want to see that happening, but, but but anyway, regardless of that. Would you trade up uh, to, to – if the Raiders trade up to get Stroud at number one, again, would it depend on what you're giving up, or would you be all for that?
2: I would not be all for trading three ones for for Stroud, just because I still have a little caveat MTOR being out here and watching – Uh, what happened with the Niners but of course this is a different situation when the Niners went all in on their guy he was kind of a a nobody from a nobody conference Uh, Stroud is the real deal Um, but you know they're going to plug him in uh, as a freshman so to speak as a rookie and I I just I mean I would love to see him sitting there at seven Uh, like I said I would give up This draft, like uh, you can move down to seven, and you can have our two and our three, and then we'll throw in a second round pick next year. I would do it. So yeah, I would be interested in trading up and taking him, but I just I'm not going to do three ones and three twos and on handicap you know kneecap uh, us forever.
1: No, I mean the I, I guess the ideal situation would be to bring in Brady for a year, draft Stroud somehow. Um, and then stick Stroud behind Brady for a year, maybe two, and then take it from there. But I would assume if they do sign Brady, that they would use that pick for an O line. Yeah, year, so they're not they going to pick a QB. Yeah, yeah, they would immediately go in. Well, the other thing I've heard—that's uh, because I, uh, I have no life other than the draft now—that <laughs> the Raiders would, the Raiders would trade back and stockpile picks, maybe dra- you know, trade back with the uh, the former team, formerly known as the Redskins. And then, and then you get a couple extra picks, uh, and then you pick your your first pick would be at like sixteen. Would you be Would you be open to that if as a Raider fan?
2: No, the, we got nine picks as it is now. I just I would not be interested in trading back whatsoever. Just take the oh, okay. big. When you're at seven, if you're not trading up, just take the biggest stallion you can find at seven. Now, if this was some kind of draft like San Francisco has, where they have three or four picks. I consider they have nine picks. So I, would, I know. yeah, uh,
1: yeah, and potentially maybe one or two more if they can pull off a trade with car. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I was just, that was the other thing I read. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. If you're at number seven, if you don't, if you're not trading for Stroud or something like that, just pick the best blanking player, who's ever the best on the board at that position. Just draft them and, and let's start. You know, just uh, I'm 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 just from 20 years of bad drafting. I'm just fearful that this is uh, I don't know what to expect from. Well, well
2: think but, about 2020: um, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, uh, Lynn Bowden, uh, <laughs> Brian Edwards, Tanner Muse, Amik Robertson, and John Simpson. That, all gone. The last, yeah, like the the oh, D V. Yeah. yeah, and Robertson. I mean, it's just uh, uh, yeah, the, unbelievable. I,
1: yeah, the, 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 uh, when you when you go through the players they drafted, just over. The, I mean, Alex Leatherwood. I mean, they could have drafted oh. that dude that Minnesota drafted. Uh, I can't forget his name. Um, uh, the O lineman that Minnesota drafted last year. Yeah. Uh, they could just 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 that alone, just like that, things like that, just uh, makes me ill. Anyway, on that happy note, yeah, I'll let you get back to uh, the Hall of Fame. All
2: right, <laughs> All right thanks. Yeah. That's uh, Charlie out there. Yeah, last year the Raiders didn't pick till the third, and Dylan Parnham, Zamir White, Neil Farrell. I mean, it's just like, what? What you talking about? One 878 play. I got a lot more to say about the uh, the Hall of Fame, but the the results are in, and Scott Rowland barely got over seventy five percent, seventy six point three. Todd Helton just under seventy two point two. Billy Wagner, 68.1, Andrew Jones, 58.1, Gary Sheffield, 55, Carlos Beltran, 46.5, Jeff Kent, the same, he falls off the ballot, A-Rod, 35.7, Man Ram, 33.2, and Omar Vizquel, 19.5. It doesn't help that Omar Vizquel had his domestic violence situation as well. So Scott Rowland, who doesn't strike me as a Hall of Famer, just strikes me as a good player is going in alongside Fred McGriff who was voted in by the 16 person contemporary era panel uh, last month and Roland was one of uh, 28 players on that ballot and the only one who got over in fact five votes over the threshold and his He has the lowest percentage in his first year of anyone who's ever been voted in. In 2018, his first year, he got 10.2%. How do you gain 65% from that? It's just stupid. That means you had to be coerced into voting for him. It had to be massaged. You know, what about Scott Rowan? Yeah, he's pretty good. The next year he gets 17%. Then he bumps up to 35. He basically doubles it. 2021, he got to 52. Last year, he got to 63 and now 76.3. So uh, the only third baseman to begin their careers after 1982 to be voted in are now he and Chipper Jones. Look, Roland was really good. 17 years, 281 hitter. Just over 2,000 hits, 316 home runs. For seven years, between 98 and 2004, he hit 298. Eight gold gloves. He's 10th all-time at third base in defense. Seven all-star games. He was the rookie of the year. But is he a Hall of Famer? 10% of people said yes in his first year. He said, on behalf of the Phillies, I want to... Uh, Sorry, Phillies owner John Middleton said, quote, on behalf of the Phillies, I want to congratulate Scott Rowland on his election to the National Baseball Hall of Fame, the highest honor that can bestow to a player. He richly deserves this award. Philadelphia was privileged to have witnessed the beginning of his extraordinary baseball career. In addition to being one of the most impactful offensive and defensive players of his era, Scott played the game the right way. Whether taking base hits with a head first slide or diving for a ball in the hole, his hard-nosed effort and selfless attitude resonated with our fans Along with his on-field contributions, Scott was a great teammate and a tremendous representative of the Phillies off the field. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, I didn't even know he was with the Phillies. I'm like, that's all I think of him as. And they go, I think of him as a Cardinal. He did play for the Reds. He also played for the Blue Jays. I don't remember that. And so whether he'll wear a Phillies or a Cardinals cap on his Hall of Fame plaque, he says he doesn't know, and that he might go with a blank cap. Now, he played way more games for the Phils than he did the Cardinals, but he was the consistent all-star when he was with the Cardinals. And that's also where he had his best years. Bill DeWitt, the owner of the Cardinals, said, on behalf of the entire St. Louis Cardinals organization, I would like to congratulate Scott Rowland on the well-deserved honor of being selected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame, blah, 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 blah. So nearly 400 votes were cast. And Helton has five more years, Jones four more, Wagner just two more years. Before It's almost like giving an actor who never wins an Oscar at the end of their career, like, oh, let's just give it to him for a cent of a woman. (laughs) So, as I said, Jeff Kent has fallen off the ballot, and that doesn't mean he can't go in. But the next time the contemporary era gets together will be December of 2025, so he's going to have to wait a few years here. Um, Sheffield... Uh, will be the only player on the ballot for the final time next year. If you think about Manny Ramirez and Ox Rodriguez, they're held back like Bonds and Clemens are, obviously. Uh, Beltran was the only first-timer to get 15%. That means he gets to stay on. He got 45.6%. And um, John Lackey didn't get enough. Houston Street didn't get enough. R.A. Dickey didn't get enough. They did not get to the threshold to stay. So speaking of Cardinals, I remember um, when Bruce Souter went in by himself. That was a boring Hall of Fame summer, but uh, right now it's just McGriff and Roland. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back oh, yeah. it's
13: the best stuff.
5: pricing information
0: 800-915-9654 800-915-9654 800-915-9654 that's 800-915-9654
14: has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today
0: 800-788-1495 800-788-1495 800-788-1495 that's 800-788-1495
5: you're so ugly you could be a modern art masterpiece 33%
11: 33% sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100% sure Rick Tittle is a jackass.
2: All right, great. A couple minutes left in now number one of three. And I just real quick looked at Mel Kuyper's updated uh, first round, barring trades, which I that's the way you should do mock drafts. He has the Bears taken Jalen Carter, number one. Uh, they're going to trade that pick. They just are because somebody, whether it's the Raiders or whoever, somebody's going to pay up. The Texans would take Stroud at two. Um, The Cardinals would take Will Anderson at three. The Colts would take Bryce Young at four. The Seahawks would take Will Levis at five. Mel Kiper really likes him. Then again, he loved Kyle Bowler. Uh, The Detroit Lions would then take Tyree Wilson, the defensive end from Texas Tech, um, now, remember, the Seahawks at 5, they got that pick in the Russell Wilson trade. And the Lions at 6, they have the Rams pick because of Matt Stafford. And when that happened, they go, you're getting a Rams pick? That'll be late 20s. No, 6 overall. And then the Raiders at 7, he has them taking Peter Skoronsky, the number one offensive lineman in the draft at a Northwestern, who he says you can play at tackle or guard. He only gave up one sack at Northwestern. So, if you bring in a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers, drafting the best offensive lineman in the draft is a very smart thing to do. It's not sexy, but it is (laughs) smart. And I remember I applauded them taking Robert Gallery instead of Larry Fitzgerald. And I was wrong about that one. I'm Rick Tuttle. we got two more hours. Come on back.
6: USA News, I'm Richard Johnson. Ukraine will be getting tanks, both German and American, very soon. President Biden's expected to make it official today.
5: Germany said it will send 14 Leopard tanks. Uh, the United States is expected to announce that around 30 tanks are going to be sent. Uh, but the Ukrainians say they need hundreds, 300, maybe 700 tanks.
6: Correspondent Richard Engel says Berlin and Washington pressured each other into sending the U.S. Abram tanks and the German Leopard tanks. Germany will also allow other NATO countries to send their Leopard tanks to Ukraine. They're already cleaning up after the tornadoes that struck towns around Houston yesterday. Massive, and there's a lot of them. It's like um, a war zone. It's, it's really amazing. Pasadena, Texas Mayor Jeff Wagner on the EF-2 twister that did a lot of damage, including to the city's animal shelter. This man quickly figured out what was coming yesterday.
15: I saw sideways rain, lights flickering, my brain went, oh, crap. And I was like, everybody get in the hallway. And about that time, the back window of the house, you just heard a big
6: boom. A big snowstorm is blasting the upper Midwest and the Northeast. More than 450 flights have already been canceled around the USA today, many of them from Chicago, Indianapolis, and St. Louis. The suspect, accused of killing seven former co-workers at two small farms in Half Moon Bay, California, is due in court today. Shunli Zhao is expected to face murder and many other charges. New layer of tension in Memphis over the death of Tyree Nichols. An independent autopsy finds he suffered extensive bleeding caused by a severe beating. Memphis has fired five police officers and suspended two firefighters. Nichols died in a hospital days after his arrest. A not-good quarterly report from Microsoft is fueling big-time losses on Wall Street. The Dow's dropped by as much as 1% of its value. The tech-centric Nasdaq has been down by more than 2% today. This is USA News. Brace yourself for what could be a smaller income tax refund this year. The IRS says one big reason is that several COVID-era policies are expiring. They include the Earned Income Tax Credit, the Enhanced Child Tax Credit, and the $600 deduction for charitable contributions you could take even while taking the standard deduction. The And some Republican lawmakers are at odds over the fate of service members who were discharged for not getting a COVID vaccine.
0: Restore their
5: previous rank. Restore their previous benefits.
6: Texas Senator Ted Cruz wants a path back into uniform for those who want it and a paperwork change to honorable discharge for those who did not want to return.
5: They were targeted. They were persecuted. It was illegal. It was unjustified.
6: DOD says back pay and status changes are not on the table. A Pentagon spokesman says at the time the vaccine order was issued, it was a lawful order. Most of the 3,400 troops fired for refusing the vaccine received a general discharge. About a third received honorable discharges. The White House is rolling out a new set of plans to help make renting a home more affordable. The so-called blueprint for a renter's bill of rights lays out a number of principles that would better protect tenants. More than a third of us in the USA, about 44 million, rent our homes. Another night, another Powerball dream for millions of us. Tonight's jackpot in the multi-state lottery, $526 million. Rich Johnson, USA News.
2: If you watched the uh, World Cup, you might have seen on the uh, broadcast, they would sometimes, kind of like their Gene Steratore, (coughs) um, have a referee chime in as Mark Clattenburg, who was a referee in the Premier League. Well, he took a job after that to be president of the Egyptian Referees Committee. It's the EFA, the Egyptian Football Association. And that uh, he was going to run all their referees. Well, he's resigned already, and it's because of the criticism he's getting from the Zamalak president, Mortada Mansour. Now, there are two big clubs there, it's Zomalak and Al-Ali, and apparently Zamalak owns the TV network that the EFA is on, and so <laughs> apparently it's just been nonstop uh, uh, criticism on TV, and, and he had had enough. He's like, okay, fine. And I don't know what it is. He's probably, if he's an English ref, he's probably one of those tell you, get off the pitch, get off the floor, quit crying, that wasn't a foul. And so, um, yeah, there's two big clubs there, Zamalek and Al-Ali. al I would probably say, is the bigger one. But um, apparently some of the criticisms were personal in nature uh, as well. And so at the intensity of these uh, attacks, as Zomalek keeps going down in the standings, uh, Kladenberg said, you know what? I think I'm going to bugger off back to England. Uh, I think I'm done here. And so, uh, you know, you talk about being bullied. He basically got bullied out of of the entire country. And it's also, he's like, "I I don't need this. You know, especially in a place where, I mean... If this happened in America, the owner would be fined for criticizing the referee. Uh, Not in Egypt. Not when you're the guy with the cash. Anyway, that's news from Egyptian soccer refereeing. Where else are you going to find that cutting-edge stuff? I'm Rick Tittle. I'm on Twitch. I'm on the TuneIn app. I'm on iHeartRadio. I'm on uh, Stitcher. I'm on the American Forces Radio Network as well. Coming up, we'll have Valentine Lowe at uh, 1025. Come on back.
0: That's 800 760 1845. Do you have an
15: invention idea but don't know what to do next? Call InventHelp now for free information on how to get started today. InventHelp provides invention services that help everyday inventors get started with their idea. We have representatives nationwide who will explain the InventHelp process step by step. Over 10,000 patents have been secured through InventHelp's patent referral services. We've been helping inventors since 1984. Let's help you next. Take advantage of the opportunity to get started
5: today. Call 1-800-356-7308. That's 1-800-356-7308. Again, 1-800-356-7308. How is your
4: car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest
2: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. <clears throat> Cutting edge topics. Come on in and get cut. I'll cut you, girl, I'll cut you. Um, we're gonna go to uh, England next with Valentine Lowe, his book, oh, the Prince Harry book? Spare? No, a different one. Courches about Wills and Harry. I remember when I was there, Prince Harry was caught with weed and the headline was Harry Pothead (laughs) it's pretty good I gotta say I always remember that one I'll have to bring that up with uh, Valentine by the way his day is coming up too and a little more than uh, two weeks uh, as he will uh, he will uh, have Valentine's Day that's right 1-800-878 play um anyway speaking of England and it's uh, there's no freedom of speech in England you can be put into jail for what you say and that's not good but then again the players who still to this day face racist abuse it is uh, important to weed those people out of these uh, football grounds as they say or soccer stadia, and uh, Brentford which is a uh, London team owned by a dame, Mr. Ankerson. I've had the Brentford owner on this show twice. Um, They have condemned what they said were disgusting racist abuse, and uh, this was last week after Ivan Tony, who's of African heritage, who's English, scored two goals in the 2-0 win over Brighton and Hove Albion. And uh, Tony posted a screenshot of the direct message he got on Instagram and wrote on Twitter, I wasn't even going to post this, but I woke up angry. And I'm not even going to say what it is. It's not worth it. But in a statement, the bees, the Brentford Breeze, say they condemn the discrimination in the, quote, strongest possible terms. An attack on one of our players is an attack on all of us. Ivan will receive the full backing from the club and from Brentford fans who we have already seen condemning the abuse. We, we expect strong support from the police, legal authorities, and from Instagram's parent company, Meta, to ensure that the individual involved faces the full force of the law for this despicable hate crime. The Premier League chimed in, saying, quote, No one should have to face abuse of the kind received by Ivan Toney. It has no place in football or society. We are supporting Ivan and the club in investigations. The F.A. said this abhorrent behavior must have consequences and we will strongly support any action by the authorities and social media companies. Now, last year, Tony and his teammate Rico Henry, also black, said that their families were racially racially abused at Goodison Park. That's in Liverpool, uh, the home stadium of Everton, after a Brentford uh, 3-2 win win and of course before kickoff they still kneel it's called uh, no room for racism campaign started by a guy here in California by the name of Colin Kaepernick out of Turlock and uh, they still do that they even did it at the uh, the World Cup and um, uh, Tony was one of the last guys cut from the uh, World Cup team by the way but I bring this up this this isn't that uncommon which is sad which is why I don't talk about this a lot but I bring it up because they found the guy they went to the police and the police uh found him through his server or whatever it was Antonio Neal of Blythe, North Northumberland 24 years old has now been charged with sending an offes- offensive message yes that's a crime and the uh, judge, the magistrate, what he say, he said this was exceptionally offensive and had racial overtones. You think? Maybe just a little. The judge is Paul Currer, sitting at the Newcastle Magistrate's Court. He considers the matter very serious and a hate crime. Yes, they have that there, too. So, um, as I said, they reached out, and they found the address there in Blythe, which is in North Tyneside. And so uh, the guy says, I'm sorry for what I said to Ivan. I'm disgusted and ashamed and want to become a better person. His lawyer or barrister, Kosh Khan, said that Neil is extremely remorseful and that also that he had been under the influence of a quote significant amount of alcohol now <laughs> now listen to, I was drunk and then listen to this the lawyer said you know he was living away from his family at the time and he was in an area where he didn't really know anyone and so then he behaved in a way that he would never dream of acting so if you move away and you're lonely and you're drunk That explains it. As someone who doesn't drink hard stuff, I'm not going to say I've never been buzzed because I do love me some beer and I've been buzzed. But I've never said anything that I didn't intend to say. I've never blacked out. And so I hate it when people hide behind. That was the whiskey talking. If you can't handle the alcohol then don't drink it. I didn't mean it. I was drunk. Well, then don't drink whiskey all night. Dumbass. You know those friends that go to the dark side all of a sudden they're they get that wild look in their eye and are like, yeah, I don't want that. But also Neil's family said we were trying to get to the club to apologize, and then the police had to get involved. No, oh, they ruined it. So um so now that guy is uh doing court and I just wonder. What will happen? Uh, a person by the name of Superintendent Scott Cowie from the Northumbian police, the hate crime leader, which means against hate crime, not a proud boy. He said, hate crime in any form is totally unacceptable. And as a force, we are committed to taking appropriate action against anybody found to be spreading this type of abuse. We would like to thank the victim for his support and cooperation throughout this case, as well as our colleagues in colleagues the Metropolitan Police who assisted in our inquiries. By the way, your boy here used to coach football with the Metropolitan Police. The Bubbies, the London Mets. So um, you might say, well, maybe this is too little too late or it's a slap on the wrist. The fact that it is national news in the United Kingdom means that there's some progress. Okay? (laughs) It's not like everything's solved. Oh, people are outraged. We're done. Racism is over. But if you're going to be racist, you got to do it on your own time, on your own property. That's what we're saying. There's a bit that um, Dan Natterman, the stand-up comedian, I saw him five years ago, and I just saw him in December at the cellar, and he did the exact same set. He's basically doing the same set every night for five years which is what Kevin Farley, Chris's brother, he's, he does the same set every year. But one of his, his, his friends is like, hey, weed's legal in Colorado. We should move there. He says, or we can stay in our apartment in New York and close the door and smoke it here. I think we'll get away with the caper. But what I'm, I bring that up because if, you, if the good news is being racist in public is unacceptable by society. And a lot of times society gets it wrong, but this time we've got it right. Okay. you Just things people cannot help. If somebody wants to wear a purple cowboy hat with lights and rhinestones on it, and you can say under your breath, that looks stupid. Well, maybe, maybe even that's bad now. But the fact is that in England, a country kicking and screaming to get out of uh, some of their old ways, uh, that's a good sign. All right. Speaking of England, we'll talk to Valentine Lowe. Come on back.
0: Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
17: Oh, come now. Don't be ashamed. We all have our idiosyncrasies.
11: I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you.
2: All right, fantastic. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, nationally syndicated out of San Francisco and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's a brand new book from St. Martin's Press called Courtiers, Intrigue, Ambition, and the Power Players Behind the House of Windsor. And uh, we are now joined by the author of that book, the uh, longtime correspondent to the Royals uh, at the Times. It's Valentine. Lowe and Valentine, uh, welcome to the uh, the show. And uh, first and foremost, when are we going to get the coronation of, of Charles the Third? Is that even on the schedule yet?
18: Oh, that's definitely on the schedule, really. That is due to uh, take place on a Saturday, May the 6th. Um, there's three days of events that's been planned around that. Uh, there's going to be the coronation on the Saturday. There's going to be a concert at Windsor Castle on Sunday. Uh, and then there's going to be a day const- sort of highlighting the benefits of volunteering and helping other people on the Monday, because Charles wants some good to come out of these three days of festivities, not, not just all about him.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I spent a lot of time in England, and I was, I was coaching American football to the Metropolitan Police Department for a while. And, and I remember in the press, this is like 2002, 2003, and there were a lot of people saying, you know, just why doesn't Charles just move aside and let Will's be the Prince of Wales, and of course we know no one was longer the Prince of Wales than Charles uh, in, in the end, but uh, do you think he's finally getting the quote-unquote respect that he's long-awaited?
18: I, I think it's, it, it's funny, because in a way, I think if you if you think what Charles's legacy to be, it's not going to be him as king, it's about what he did as, as Prince of Wales, um, and he did some uh, pretty good figure. He was obviously a very controversial figure. Um, his views sometimes divided people, but he, he set up a, this charity, a great charity called the Prince's Trust which helps young people. Uh, and in a sense, what his legacy would be all about that rather than what he does with, as king, I think.
2: Well, now we talk about uh, courtiers and you think about young Prince Regents and over the years uh, people who have had to run the government and advise and, you know, for those of us who watch uh, Netflix, it'd be one thing for Queen Elizabeth, to allow her sister to marry Group Captain Townsend, but the Crown cannot allow it. And just the people to remind, uh, you know, the rules and regulation. Who are some of these courtiers of which you write?
18: Yeah, they're an interesting bunch, because they've changed a lot over the years. They used to be very aristocratic. Um, sometimes these jobs would go down from father to son to grandson. Um And they used to come from pretty social, similar social circles to the royal family themselves. Um, uh, There was one courtier in in the late Queen's reign who was descended on one side of his family from a duke and the other side of his family from an earl. Um, So, but that's all changed. It's become much more professionalised these days. courtiers come from you know they can come from government they can come from military something they can come from business and public service uh and you know you can almost mistake them for being ordinary people just like you and me rick um uh and uh, and some of them you know come from quite modest backgrounds um there was a chap who um worked for prince william he Initially, did his press for William and Harry, and then became William's private secretaries, like his his chief of staff. And this guy, um, he uh, his his father worked behind the counter in a post office. So you know, the, the, they're not the people they used to be. They, they they've they've changed a lot.
2: You know, I always thought it was fascinating all the royal warrant holders. I remember seeing, I don't know if it was Savile but I was somewhere and the little plaque said official whip maker to the queen now we're talking about a writing crop but i just kind of thought her like whipping her servants or or something but to get those <laughs> to, to get those royal warrants and and such things uh i, I just uh I, you know as american we're, we're fascinated by all this uh, tradition of which we don't have
18: yeah i mean the royal warrants are interesting because they the, the royal warrants always to an individual uh member of the royal family it's not like you Supply role. Um, you supply whips to all the royal family. You're you're supplying whips to the Queen, uh, and now the Queen's died. You know, uh, people who've had royal warrants for, for decades are going to wonder. Well, hang on. Am I going to lose it because Charles Charles doesn't buy my my whips or my peanut butter or my uh, jodhpurs. Uh,
2: <laughs>
18: there's nervous faces. I can tell you.
2: Well, of course, they've never been more in the news—the the Windsors, of course, because uh, of course Harry and Meghan are out here in California, and the Oprah thing, and the the Netflix series, and now he has his own uh, memoir, and being shoved to the ground by his big brother, crashing into a dog bowl. Have you ever seen such? A, I mean, ever since Di came in and and her children, it's really taken the the royal family to a completely different stratosphere.
18: Yeah, I mean this, you know. We, we've we've talked about roles spilling the beans before. Diana spilled the beans, really, but no one no one spilled them like Harry has. I mean, so many private conversations, so much detail. I mean, as you say, the dog bowl. God, who will ever forget the dog bowl?
13: Um,
18: <laughs> it's extraordinary stuff. And you know, it's 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 all very entertaining for the rest of us, but you know, the painful damage it does to that family. I mean, you know. If I, I don't know if you've got a brother, but if you had a brother they they spilled all those secrets, would you ever speak to them again? I'm not sure I would.
2: Yeah, well, I remember I was there, and this is about 20 years ago, and and Harry had been caught with uh, cannabis, and the one of the red toppers had Harry Pothead. That was the headline, uh, always somewhat clever. Um, but <laughs> it, it, you know, just from the time they were born. They have had cameras uh, in front of their faces, and you kind of think, how can they have any semblance of normality in that situation?
18: Yeah, no, it, 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 it it's quite rough. I mean, of course, we shouldn't exaggerate too much the extent to which they have cameras in their faces. For instance, you know, when when they were at school, there was definitely an agreement uh, that they should be left alone. But you know, uh, perhaps they don't. You know, Harry doesn't remember the long period of months you know during the term time when doesn't see a single camera one day to the next perhaps what he remembers instead is the you know the day he turns up to school and he has to sort of run the gamut of um 40 40 lenses because that's the deal someone struck that you know the cameras can see them going in but yeah i think you know growing up in that goldfish bowl is pretty challenging you have one has to admit uh and even when the media are behaving themselves it's 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 quite intrusive um, harry harry's descriptions of having to sort of give an opportunity to the media when you go on your skiing holiday. Um, You think, well, okay, it's just one day, it's just one morning, but still, it's not much fun for a teenage kid. Um, And, you know, I can see why um, he's got such a hatred and mistrust of the media. You know, it's it's completely understandable. And then when you think about, you know, what what his mother had to endure and she she really did have to endure a lot uh, and the role of the media obviously the paparazzi don't represent the the whole of the media they're not the mainstream media they're not papers like my my own but you know when you think about the role of the media uh, in his mother's death it's 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 un- understandable he should have such a, a violent reaction but what's interesting is the difference between Harry and William you know William has a sim similar dislike and mistrust of the press. But he's kind of learned to deal with it. He realizes the media aren't going to go away uh, and they they can be useful and they're not all terrible people. Um, and he's learned how to deal with it, how to reach an accommodation uh, in a way that Harry just hasn't.
2: Just have about a minute here and, and uh, you know, Harry and Meghan, they sort of, I think they come off as we just want to be left alone and yet they act like the antithesis of that, letting just constantly being in the press, but you were sort of the one that exposed those those bullying allegations against the Duchess of Sussex. Is that right?
18: That's right. Yeah, and it just it just showed a different side of the story. You know, Harry and Meghan portray themselves as victims, um, but there were people out there who who say that they were treated terribly by Meghan. I mean, people. I've heard people talk about how some young women in the office were just broken uh, by Meghan. You know, we don't know the truth of it. We, I, I've just heard the, people, the people's stories who, who say they were bullied by her, but you know, there was a Buckingham Palace r- report. It was buried. Uh, we'll never know what's in that report, and that's a shame, because it would be good to get to the bottom of it.
2: Well, you can get to the bottom of it by buying courtiers, intrigue, ambition, and the power players behind the House of Windsor from our guest, Valentine Lowe, available from St. Martin's Press. I always think about St. Martin in the fields there at Trafalgar Square. No relation there, right?
18: <laughs> Who knows,
2: There might be. Valentine, uh, cheers. Thanks for coming on.
18: Thanks very much, Rick. Thanks for having me.
2: Yes. And, uh, you know, as I said, uh, we don't have royals over here. In fact, it is in our Constitution that you may not have a royal title. Now, what's interesting, too, is that John Adams said, the president should be called your royal highness. And they said, no, John, we're not doing that anymore. Well, what do you call me? How about Mr. President? I'm like, What? Yep, that's what they went with. Mr. President. Like, all right. Yeah, we don't curtsy and bow anymore. But because we don't have that here, we're fascinated by it. And castles and monarchy, and even though they're dysfunctional, is all get out. All right. <laughs> I'm Rick Tittle. we got some open lines. We will come on back on Sports Byline.
6: Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. You used to associate crickets with silence. But since you bought a house in the suburbs, you know crickets hate silence. If any other creature realized rubbing its legs together made a piercing high-pitched noise, they might think, maybe I won't do that. Constantly. All night long. Luckily, you can save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. Now that's something to make noise about. Just not
3: constantly. Progressive Casualty Insurance and Coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers.
11: Piddle is a majestic stallion.
2: Doubt in your voice once again. Welcome back to the show, and lines are available 1-800-878-PLAY. I have here the official ballot from the BBWA, and yes, baseball, two words there. Writers Association of America, they're the ones that put the people in, at least from the front. Scott Rowland's 76.3 Five votes over. He got 297. Todd Helden had 281. For 72.2, Wagner, 265 for 68. Andrew Jones, 226 at 58. Gary Sheffield, 55%. Beltran, I mentioned, 46.5. Same with Jeff Kent. They both had 181 votes. Uh, A-Rod, Manny, nothing. fiscal nothing. And then rounding it out after this, the names I didn't mention. Andy Pettit got seventeen percent. Bobby Abreu, fifteen point four. Jimmy Rollins at of N-S-S-L High School. Same as the D train and Willie Starzel. 12.9%. And J.R. Ryder. Mark Burley and K Rod got the same amount, 10.8. Tori Hunter with two eyes and one nose. 27 votes. That's six point nine. Now, one vote is 0.3, which is what Bronson Arroyo got, R.A. Dickey, John Lackey, Mike Napoli, and Houston Street. So I have to ask, who thinks John Lackey is a Hall of Famer? Are you kidding? Bronson Arroyo, maybe for his kick? (laughs) R.A. Dickey won a Cy Young. Mike Napoli? Someone thinks he's a Hall of Famer. Is that a lifelong Rangers fan? Is there a Longhorn fan there? Not Longhorn. Longhorn fan who loved James Street, a quarterback, and his son, Houston. Is that where he got his one vote? Here are the guys that didn't get one vote. Jason Worth, Jared Weaver, Johnny Peralta, J.J. Hardy, who had one of the smoothest gloves I've ever seen at short. Is he a Hall of Famer? No. Andre Ethier, who the A's drafted out of Arizona State, and when they traded him for Milton Bradley to the Dodgers, they said Travis Buck or Andre Ether and the A's went with Andre Ethier, even though he was the Texas League MVP. Jacoby Ellsbury, um, a Native American, by the way, a big leaguer. And finally, no votes for Matt Cain, but he got his name on the ballot. So he can say, <laughs> it's it's a little bit better than my friend. When I was in college and we were graduating, he's like, hey, we're in the NFL draft. I went, what? I go, no, we're not. Well, they had to submit our names because we're out of eligibility. I go, submit our names? I go, no one knows who we are. Yeah, but we're in the draft. I go, no, we're not. We're closer to being drafted by the Army. That's the, dra- <laughs> that's the draft that we're in <laughs> right now. So uh, let's go to the email bag. I'll do the old, um, what was his name? Uh, I forgot his name. But I know Rush Limbaugh. I'm not trying to be him. It's the other guy. Oh, Paul Harvey. That's it. Page two. I remember when I was, I was spending time in Idaho and they go, You got to listen to this guy, Paul Harvey. And he would go, She was 20. He was 21. They had a tractor. Page two. Like, what? What am I listening to? Or Art Bell at a sports byline. Art Bell, if you look at the face on Mars, it is a human face that was not formed naturally. The Martians have been here. Boom, 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 boom. All right, email bag. Scott says, uh, Rick, who is our top prospect? I'm going to think he's talking about the Oakland A's. It's by far Tyler Soderstrom the California high school player of the year, a 26 overall pick in 2020. Speaking of Turlock, he's going to be entering his age 21 season now. So I would imagine he'd start off at triple A, might end it in the majors. People love the bat. Everyone said he'll get moved out of the catcher position. The A's said, no, he won't. But now with the presence of Shea Langoliers, maybe a little bit more at first base, especially since the A's don't have a first baseman. Like That's the kid Noda liking his own tweets about playing there now. But, yeah, you do want to move fantastic bats behind the plate out of there if you can, like Joe Maurer and Carlos Delgado. And then Buster Posey said, don't even think about it. And they said, well, can you play other positions sometimes? You were a shortstop at Florida State, too. He's like, all right, now and then. But, uh, now Soderstrom's the guy. And when I had Will McNeil on, given uh, his uh, report on the Arizona Fall League, he said, uh, and he goes to Banner Island ballpark all the time in Stockton where the A's, low A affiliate is now. And he said every game Soderstrom would take one off the mask and writhe around in pain. And I'm like, I, I don't need CT. I don't need some Mike Matheny thing going on with this guy. Get him out behind home plate. And then, I mean, I like some of the guys they drafted, but if you think about Ken Waldachuk, another St. Mary's College player, he was part of the return for Frankie Montas, and Waldachuk threw as many innings down the stretch as Montas did for the Yankees. He was in seven games with a four nine three. 3 He punched out 23% of his batters. He's uh, got that mid-90s fastball, really sweeping slider. Nice change-up as well. But uh, it's funny. I look at so I go, who's going to be in the rotation, and uh, Waldachuk might get the fifth spot. I think Waldachuk's going to be at least four, probably three. And then I look at Zach Goloff, second-round pick in 2021, his first full professional season. He was at Triple A playing third base, hit 271, 13 home runs. The drawbacks is that other than him being very, very fast, he strikes out over 25%. And also he doesn't have that strong of an arm, which is not good for a third baseman. So they're not fraught with prospects right now. And I can go down the line and name all these other guys, but, I mean, it just... It, it To me, it's all about Tyler Soderstrom when you said who's a top prospect. That's the guy. But the A's actually have somebody worth watching in uh, Fujinama, and he said, just call me Fuji like, uh, like Mount Fuji, which means Mount Davis is now, of course, Mount Fuji, which I think is pretty cool. But the guy who was the, uh, you know, growing up with Otani in that same era anyway and the best high school pitcher in the history of Japan wearing number 11 I can't think of a pitcher I've ever seen wear number 11 Shintaro Fujiyama out of Osaka but the A's actually as much as they gouge 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 they have a deal for opening day, and this tells you how sad it is. Most clubs, you're just clamoring over open day tickets. Like, I'm sure the Giants opening day was sold out as soon as it went on sale. Just It doesn't even matter who they're playing. It's just gone. That's the way it is in 80% of American cities. They're just gone immediately. <clears throat> but the A's, they have a jersey, a jersey, green T-shirt, and, and on the back, it's 11. And then in Japanese characters, it says his name, Fujinama, over the number. You get that T-shirt and two tickets, buy one, get one free for opening day. That's probably the coolest deal I've ever seen. You get his T-shirt and an extra ticket, which tells you, and they're not even going to sell out. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. But uh, what it is, it's someone worth watching. And I remember when we were going into spring training, we as Ace fans, and I thought the only guy worth watching was Nick Swisher. And then he got traded for Ryan. Oh, what's his name? The blonde outfielder, the pale blue eyes. I'll remember in a second. Uh, Gio Gonzalez. And at the time, they go, oh, this. G-. I mean, it ended up being a pretty good trade because Gio Gonzalez was an all star.
15: Was it Spielborgs?
2: Not Ryan Spielborgs. That was a Rocky. Uh, oh, my gosh. I believe I forgot. I remember um, <clears throat> that outfielder said uh, when uh, after the trade and Bob Guerin got the boot and they brought in Bob Melvin and I asked him a question about Bob and he said, Old Bob or New Bob? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, New Bob. I like that. Old Bob, New Bob. Anyway, uh, you want to have someone to look forward to. And when he was coming out of high school, and I mentioned this before because I think it's great, he was the number 1 overall pick of the Tigers, Buffaloes, Marines, and Swallows, and then they had a lottery. I don't know how that looked how that looks. It's uh it's it's pretty pretty amazing uh if you think about it. But he has been the overall vote leader for uh, All-Star games as well. And he has a one-year, $3.25 million contract, which is basically what the A's give him. These are the kind of contracts that they give out. But you just wonder, why is it that no one else wanted him? Because if anybody else wanted him, they would at least give him 10 mil, right? Six foot six. 220s with a three quarters delivery, which of course Randy Johnson had that three quarters delivery and he was what it was six ten. And so, you know, <clears throat> it's sort of like why is this beautiful used car so cheap? <laughs> yeah, I got a Mercedes here. Um, beautiful, all new leather seats, got a nice engine. What's wrong with it? Nothing. Well, how come it's two grand? <laughs> It's just important, I think, to have. Now, pitchers aren't that exciting unless, of course, you get like Tim Lincecum. The Giants had dynamic pricing, and they raised prices for when Lincecum was pitching. And I remember he was warming up in the bullpen, and there was a buzz around that park that Lincecum was going to come in and start the game. You can get that buzz off a pitcher. You know, we kind of had it with Dave Stewart. We're like, ah, oh, it's Stew, baby, smoke, the death stare. Here he comes. So normally a pitcher's is not that exciting, but it's just something worth it. And I was thinking, do I want to go to spring training? And I was like, nah. <laughs> I mean, if, if I win, it would be to hike and drink beer. And I think I I can do that here for a lot cheaper. I'm Rick Tuttle. We'll take a break. And uh, you want to get in here an hour or two? It's 1 800 878 Play. Come on back.
9: and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now.
0: Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-965-1295. 800-965-1295. 800-965-1295. That's 800-965-1295.
12: Oh, I would love that. And then maybe afterwards we can go field herping. That's when you go out and you look (laughs) for reptiles.
11: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
2: I feel bad about that. Ryan Sweeney was the name I was thinking about, by the way. Anyway, you can get odds right now on the Super Bowl, and they're all close. No matter who the Niners play, if they make it, Chiefs or Bengals, they're both pick'ems. Now, this might be good to get in on, because if Kansas City plays San Francisco, and it's a pick'em right now, but then Patrick Mahomes ba- breaks both his legs and, and on the last play of the game. San Francisco is going to be favored by 10. So, But then on the other hand, <laughs> it can backfire the other way. So those are both pick'ems, Chiefs and Bengals, playing the Niners. And the Bengals, could you imagine the Bengals losing a third Super Bowl to San Francisco? If I'm a Bengals fan, I despise the Niners. Uh, if the Chiefs play the Eagles the Eagles will be favored by one and a half. And if the Bengals play the Eagles, they'll be favored by one and a half. So that's what we've got coming out of the uh, betonline.ag book right now. By the way, Ryan Sweeney, um, it was he and Andrew Bailey together traded to the Red Sox for... Josh Reddick, Miles Head, and Raul Alcantara. And I remember looking at Miles Head. He wasn't one of the top 20 prospects. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, Josh Reddick. Now, Josh Reddick ended up getting a gold glove and hitting a bunch of home runs. But Andrew Bailey, a two-time all-star, a rookie of the year. and, And it's just, I mean, that's what they do. They just, what the A's do, it's like, hey, this young guy, he's got three years of control left. Well, let's get rid of him. You know, I was surprised when the Twins traded uh, Luis Arias to the Fish. This is your batting champion with three years of control. And you're like, well, I like the other guy. <laughs> I like the other guy. We're getting out. But I used to, um, <clears throat> I used to talk to Sweeney. I said, those pale blue eyes. He uh, was from Cedar Rapids, and he was going to play for Tony Gwynn at San Diego State, but the the White Sox made him uh, a second round pick. And he's like, what can I do now? I'm a second round pick. I gotta. I got to go uh, sign my pro papers. All right, we'll sign our pro papers with prowagering.com and your calls coming up in the next hour. I'm Rick Tittle. We got another one to go right here on Byline.
6: For News, I'm Richard Johnson. Ukraine will be getting tanks, both German and American, very soon. President Biden's expected to make it official today.
5: Germany said it will send 14 Leopard tanks. Uh, the United States is expected to announce that around 30 tanks are going to be sent. Uh, but the Ukrainians say they need hundreds, 300, maybe 700 tanks.
6: Correspondent Richard Engel says Berlin and Washington pressured each other into sending the U.S. Abram tanks and the German Leopard tanks. Germany will also allow other NATO countries to send their Leopard tanks to Ukraine. They're already cleaning up after the tornadoes that struck towns around Houston yesterday. Massive, and there's a lot of them. It's like um, a war zone. It's, it's really amazing. Pasadena, Texas Mayor Jeff Wagner on the EF-2 twister that did a lot of damage, including to the city's animal shelter. This man quickly figured out what was coming yesterday.
15: I saw sideways rain, lights flickering, my brain went, oh, crap. And I was like, everybody get in the hallway. And about that time, the back window of the house, you just heard a big
6: boom. A big snowstorm is blasting the upper Midwest and the Northeast. More than 450 flights have already been canceled around the USA today, many of them from Chicago, Indianapolis, and St. Louis. The suspect, accused of killing seven former co-workers at two small farms in Half Moon Bay, California, is due in court today. Shunli Zhao is expected to face murder and many other charges. New layer of tension in Memphis over the death of Tyree Nichols. An independent autopsy finds he suffered extensive bleeding caused by a severe beating. Memphis has fired five police officers and suspended two firefighters. Nichols died in a hospital days after his arrest. A not-good quarterly report from Microsoft is fueling big-time losses on Wall Street. The Dow's dropped by as much as 1% of its value. The tech-centric Nasdaq has been down by more than 2% today. This is USA News. Brace yourself for what could be a smaller income tax refund this year. The IRS says one big reason is that several COVID-era policies are expiring. They include the Earned Income Tax Credit, the Enhanced Child Tax Credit, and the $600 deduction for charitable contributions you could take even while taking the standard deduction. The And some Republican lawmakers are at odds over the fate of service members who were discharged for not getting a COVID vaccine.
0: Restore their
5: previous rank. Restore their previous benefits.
6: Texas Senator Ted Cruz wants a path back into uniform for those who want it and a paperwork change to honorable discharge for those who did not want to return.
5: They were targeted. They were persecuted. It was illegal. It was unjustified.
6: DOD says back pay and status changes are not on the table. A Pentagon spokesman says at the time the vaccine order was issued, it was a lawful order. Most of the 3,400 troops fired for refusing the vaccine received a general discharge. About a third received honorable discharges. The White House is rolling out a new set of plans to help make renting a home more affordable. The so-called blueprint for a renter's bill of rights lays out a number of principles that would better protect tenants. More than a third of us in the USA, about 44 million, rent our homes. Another night, another Powerball dream for millions of us. Tonight's jackpot in the multi-state lottery, $526 million. Rich Johnson, USA News.
2: Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. We'll talk a little college hoops on the other side with J.D. Sharp of Pro Wagering. Other than that, we'll have open lines. The Colts today are giving a second interview to Jeff Saturday as head coach. They did interview Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. He said he has not been asked back for a second interview. Jeff Saturday took over, much to the chagrin of Bill Cowher and others, as he didn't go through the proper channels and wait his turn. He didn't grind on a cot in a coach's room for 20 years. He beat the Raiders in his first game, a game the Raiders should have won, and then he lost the next seven. One in seven as interim head coach. But I think it's hysterical that he's being interviewed, and now his second interview, because this is what you would say to him. You'd ask, all right, it Jeff, what would you do differently than the coach we have now? Because we sucked. Well, I definitely wouldn't do what the old guy was doing. You wouldn't? No, no, no. I, I've got a plan. What's your plan? I would do this and that, and I know you traded for Carson Wentz, and I know you traded for Matt Ryan. Uh, that doesn't work, bringing in old vets. Now you had Philip Rivers before that when Andrew Luck left. So, uh, well, wait a minute. So you'd be better than the old? Oh, I'd be much better than the old guy. I just want to know what your philosophies are about coaching. Yeah, I think it's going to be this, this, and this. I mean, it's it's a it's a joke. You know who the guy is. Now, if you wanted to have one interview with him, just saying, you know, like, D- would you do anything differently? Yeah. But now a second interview. This just means Colts fans that Ursay is sticking with Jeff Saturday, even though they say there's eight other candidates potentially. He's going to stick with his guy. And <laughs> I'll say I admire it if they win the Super Bowl, but at one and seven, he shouldn't even be getting an interview, quite honestly. I and mean, unless you want to make him an O line coach, but not as head coach. But it's just funny. You just sit down. Yeah, tell me about yourself. What are your philosophies? Well, I've never coached before, ever, except for you, for a couple months. Come on back.
8: Wendy's knows cold and soggy fries are the worst. So soggy. That's why we're serving up hot and crispy fries all day, every
18: day. And all night until close.
8: With natural cut potatoes, sea salted to perfection. Show
18: me that potato skin.
8: Wendy's hot and crispy aren't like other fries. We're your dream fry. Choose
5: wisely. Choose Wendy's hot and crispy fries.
15: Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. If yours aren't, bring them back and we'll replace them.
0: 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531, That's 800-754-4531. Are you like me? You have health insurance, but you don't have dental insurance. Do you need to get to the dentist right away? Maybe you need an implant or some other major service. Well, I found a dental insurance plan that's just right for you. It's called Spirit Dental. Ask about Spirit's vision plan. Here's the number. 800-634-0482. 800-634-0482. That's 800-634-0482. Titillating sports with Rick Tittle.
7: Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius best show ever he's so wonderful titillating sports with rick tittle rick tittle is he's so handsome he's a genius
9: coming up next rick tittle
2: thank you for that and welcome back to the show and uh pro wagering jd sharp uh we're going to try to get him next segment all right the list is out what list is that rick The Associated Press top NFL awards listed there. Finalists. These will be revealed at NFL Honors, February 9th, three days before the Super Bowl. When Super Bowl 50 was here, they had a, um, the NFL Honors was the night before in San Francisco. I think it was at the Palace Hotel. You could either go to that, and I was part of the media at Radio Row, and I had a credential for the Super Bowl. Dominic was at Radio Row. He remembers that. And anyway, you could go to the NFL Honors Banquet, which I thought, wow, cool. I always wanted to see one of those. That'd be neat. But I didn't go because the other option was a free Metallica concert where the Giants play. And I go. I think I'll go to the, Metallica, <laughs> to the Metallica concert, which was really good, really, really good. All right, uh, but this these will be revealed at NFL Honors. The MVP. There are five candidates, four QBs: Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson. That's right, the wide receiver, and. Mahomes should win because he threw for the most yards in history. He just should. Josh Allen should not. Joe Burrow (laughs) will get some votes. And I think Jalen Hurts should probably come in second when he was on the best team. But I'm going to give it to Mahomes. Offensive player of the year. Aha, this is a way of getting around it. Do you remember at the Grammys they would have song of the year and record of the year? And record didn't necessarily mean album. It could be a 45 or a single. So offensive player of the year. Three of those guys, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, and Tyreek Hill. So I think this is where they give a nod to Jalen Hurts. I think they give the MVP to Mahomes and they give Jalen Hurts offensive player of the year. Does he deserve it? You decide. Defensive player of the year. Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, or Chris Jones. No Max Crosby on that list. Uh, I would give it to Micah Parsons, and I would have Nick Bosa second, and I have Chris Jones third, just as I read them. Uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. This one is done, and I'll bet you Kenneth Walker, the running back of the Seahawks, probably thought he had it halfway through the year, or even Jets Wide Receiver, Garrett Wilson thought he might have it. Brock Purdy will walk backwards to the podium if he wants to because he is your offensive rookie of the year, your O-Roy. How about D-Roy? You have Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end for Detroit, Sauce Gardner, the Jets, and the Seahawks corner, Tarek Woolen. Sauce Gardner in a slam dunk will get this. Not only is he all pro, he's in New York. Boom. You're done. Now, comeback player of the year. Geno Smith, Christian McCaffrey, or Saquon Barkley. To me, it's no contest that it's Geno Smith. Because McCaffrey and Barkley are amazing players who were hurt. And I understand that's part of the equation. But Geno Smith was garbage. No one wanted Geno Smith. Nobody. And he led the league in accuracy. So... It could be McCaffrey because the Niners have not lost a game with him so far. It could be Saquon Barkley because he's in New York and he's back to his old rookie self. McCaffrey should be the last guy. I can see Saquon getting it, but and he probably will win because he's in New York. But it really should be Geno Smith who doesn't get any respect, and he won't get any respect here, but I think he's slam dunk the comeback player of the year. And maybe even more than that because... He's more viable than he's ever been. Coach of the year. Five candidates. And they are Doug Peterson, Brian Dable, Kyle Shanahan, Nick Sirianni, and Sean McDermott. I think Nick Sirianni wins this one. I think Brian Dable and Doug Peterson will get votes. Um, I mean, seriously, if you think about where the Jags were and where Doug Peterson took them, where the Giants were... McDermott is already an established name, as is Shanahan. They're not going to win it. Um, Even though Shanahan should get votes for winning with Mr. Irrelevant at uh, QB there. It's funny. Bill Burr said he saw the Eagles do something, and then they showed Nick Nick Sirianni on the sideline, and Nick was nodding up and down vigorously. Like, that's right, that's right, that's right, which killed him. Bill Burr said, will you just relax? You know, and here's the thing, too. As I've said before, I think a leader should be someone who doesn't panic when things go off the rails. And so I always like the Tom Flores type. It's very calm, collected, you know, Tom Landry, those type of guys. Can I even throw in Don Shula, Bill Walsh? always just kind of calm. George Seifert was like that too, pretty calm. Um, But you can be a maniac too, like John Madden. But I, I think Nick Sirianni wins just because people didn't expect the Eagles to do what they've done. But Brian Dable will get a lot of votes. If I had to pick someone... Uh, If I had a vote, I'd probably go for Doug Peterson. If you get the Jags to the playoffs, I mean, that's pretty astounding when Urban Meyer left that place in just desolation. Rick, they are the number one overall pick in terms I know, but still. Assistant Coach of the Year, Shane Steichen, the Eagles OC, D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers DC, and Ben Johnson, the Lions OC, who... If you ask me who the Lions offensive coordinator was, I would say I don't know. It's a guy named Ben Johnson. Did you know that? No. I, I, so full respect to him. It's going to be D'Amico Ryans. Um, Shane Steichen will get some love, but no one knows who Shane Steichen is. We all know who D'Amico Ryans is, and he had the best defense. And he had some great players. He really did. <clears throat> and not just, you know, top three pick type of guys like Nick Bosa, but a guy like Hufanga who went from kickoff team last year to all pro, which is uh, pretty amazing. But, you know, the, <clears throat> I'm really looking forward to that that Niners-Eagles game because I have no idea what's going to happen in that game. And rookie, rookie rookie quarterbacks in conference championship games are 0-4. Brock Purdy doesn't care about that. And, um, you know, what what Philly did against the divisional round, against the Giants, who are not a bad team at all, they're not great, but they're not bad, but beating them by 31. And so I just think these two teams are going to grind and grind. The total is 46. I would take the under. In the NFL, usually you should just take the over, but I would take the under in this game. I think this is going to be... Snowy and cold and muddy. I don't know. Do we have a weather uh, forecast for uh, Sunday in Philadelphia? I would imagine it would probably be like 38 degrees, probably something like that, 38 with wind chill. Um, Dominic's looking it up right now.
15: Sunday, it's expected to hit a high of 52 and a low of 39 with... uh, 66% 66% humidity, no chance of rain.
2: Wow, that's great. Wow. I said it would be 38. That's not even the low. The low is 39. So uh, this will suit the Niners right down to the ground. <clears throat> not that they can't play in the snow. But, you know, the people who said, can Jalen Hurts throw the football? Uh, he can't. All right. <laughs> we'll check in with J.D. Sharp on the other side. Come on back.
17: watches more than five hours of television really and that's not counting mobile viewing Get Dish TV and make that time worth it. With Dish, you can get hundreds of channels, access to all kinds of sports, tons of movies, premium channels, and more. Another thing that's really cool with Dish is you can watch most of your favorite shows on your mobile device anywhere for a lot less than cable. Yes, that's right. We are asking you to watch more TV and not less TV, but make it better television with Dish this time, anytime, anywhere. So call right now and learn how easy it is to save on your television bill and get the most out of your TV viewing experience. Dial that number and I promise you we're here waiting for your call because we want to save you money and give you better television. We are
0: Dish TV. 800-293-0328. 800-293-0328. 800-293-0328. That's 800-293-0328.
14: Has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? Quick Cash Offer can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents and risking your safety by showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your home to foreclosure. If you have any equity in your home, we will buy it and give you cash within days, all in a simple over the phone and virtual process. Call Quick Cash Offer now before the economy gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today.
0: 800-788-1495. 800-788-1495. 1495 That's 800-788-1495.
10: Der Anlass war vollkommen nichtig und ich selbst griff erst gar nicht ein, weil Kinski im Vergleich zu anderen Ausbrüchen eher milde wirkte.
11: Drink in that haterade and bow down to ricky t y'all
2: you best bow down baby <clears throat> and i mean bow down jd sharp will come in the next segment now we'll talk a little college hoops uh you might remember the name marcus stokes this was in november He uh, had his scholarship withdrawn from the University of Florida because he had a video online of him mouthing the words of a rap song that had an N-word in it. And he said, I deeply apologize for the words and the song that I chose to say. I fully accept the consequences for my actions, and I respect the University of Florida's decision to withdraw my scholarship offer to play football. Yeah, they pulled it. Well, today, he has a new scholarship offer from Albany State, which is a historically black college university, HBCU, because all the other Power Five teams backed off. Now, remember, he sang along, and he said it in uh, a song. Um, Albany State, by the way, is Division Two, And so in his tweet, Stokes tagged new Albany State head coach Quinn Gray who was a superstar at Florida A&M and then played for the Jacksonville Jags and now the head coach of the Golden Rams and before that Gray was an offensive analyst at Memphis which recruited Stokes this guy was a four star guy the number 24 quarterback in the entire country and it's interesting because Every Power Five school, as I mentioned, is like, nope. He didn't say the N-word on his own accord. He mouthed the words in a song that tells you how uh, toxic that word is. It cannot be even repeated in a song. I guess if you're an actor, you can say it in a movie. I guess Quentin Quentin Tarantino can do it. But he also got a scholarship offer from West Florida, which is another Division II school. So that is the uh, that's the deal with him. He's getting a scholarship offer, and he said all the right things. I, I, they have you know, instead of saying that's messed up, it's just a song. I didn't say it; i was just mouthing the words. He said what I did was, and he got some good advice. You just got to fall on your sword, or else no one will ever take you again. You just got to say what I did was completely wrong, and I accept it. Now, as I was talking about earlier, I started talking about getting TCU'd. <laughs> like that's not the thing that you uh, you want to happen. <clears throat> but um, you think about just hiring old players as a coach and how they're going to do. And it happens all the time in soccer. I was talking about Frank Lampard getting fired and Steven Gerrard. Now, sometimes if you're a former player like Zinedine Zidane and you're at Real Madrid, I think I could manage Real Madrid to a few cups with that roster, quite honestly. No offense, Zizou. But how about Ed Reed, speaking of Florida, the former U-star? He was hired... At HBCU Bethune-Cookman and that's down in Daytona Beach and this was less than a month ago he was hired to be the head coach and he's out 25 days he was the head coach at Bethune-Cookman what happened he said Bethune-Cookman University has been working with my legal team to craft contact terms with the language and resources we knew were needed to build a successful football program. It's my desire to not only coach football, but to be an agent of change that most people just talk about being. However, after weeks of negotiations, I've been informed that the university won't be ratifying my contract and won't make good on the agreement we had in principle which had provisions and resources best needed to support the student-athletes. I was committed to coaching and cultivating a relationship with the university players, community, and fans. It is extremely disappointing that this won't be happening. Now, the other thing that happened, to keep in mind, is that Reed had a vulgar rant about the resources at Bethune-Cookman, and it surfaced on his social media. In his apology, he said the language and tone were unacceptable as a father, coach, and leader. Yeah. Um, He said, in regards to my social media and comments about the university staff and other institutions, I would like to sincerely apologize to all the BCU staff, students, and alumni for my lack of professionalism, my passion for our culture, betterment and bringing our foundation up to the best of me. Got to the best of me, and also I fell victim while engaging with antagonists on social media as well. I am fully aware of the hardworking folks at our school who are also fighting to make things better and more financially sound. I am encouraged for my communication with my AD and our administration, and understand it's a work in progress. My passion about getting and doing better, and that goes for me too. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> He said, I just pulled up the work. We're going to help you all get better because I know a lot of HBCUs need help and I'm just here to help you first. I see it all too clearly. All of our HBCUs need help and they all need help because of the people who's running it. Broken mentalities out here. I'm going to leave you with that. I got to get in the office. And so then he posted a clip of him riding in a golf cart and he started tearing into the conditions around the campus. He said, man... Get out of here, man. I should leave. I'm not even under contract doing this. I'm mutting this. Get out of here, man. They mutton me. So Terry Sims was a head coach. He got fired after seven years. They went 2-9 and nine overall. He was 38-39 and 39 in seven seasons at uh, Bethune-Cookman. But, yeah, that could be something, too, <laughs> you think, if you go on social media and start talking crap. so you know you think about the uh the breakdown there i mean look you're coming from the pros and you're coming from miami the miami football program in which reed played for and also worked for is unveiling plans for a new football operations center 162,000 square feet and the center will cost more than 100 million dollars too and so the cost of that facility alone is several times more than the entire athletic department budget. Bethune-Cookman gets $15 million a year for all their sports, and the football program also underwent some cuts as well. <clears throat> and Reed says, although we couldn't make things work at BCU, the goal and mission are still the same. We serve to lead lead to serve. We will continue with our pillars of respect, educate, empower, dream. Our efforts will remain about the kids through our foundation via our health and wellness programs, camps and fundraising. We won't stop changing lives for the better as we've done for over 20 years. All right. But was there a more intimidating safety since Jack Tatum? Then Ed Reed, I mean, Ronnie Lott, once he got switched from corner to safety, was pretty intimidating. Van McElroy was pretty intimidating, if you remember him. But Ed Reed was the guy. Not only would Ed Reed knock your block off, literally, but Ed Reed would also intercept the pass. So he was a battering ram and a ball hawk, which is interesting. And by the way, I was talking about Jeff Saturday getting his second interview, which means Ursay wants him. Um, a report from Josina Anderson is that the rest of the Colts don't want Saturday. <laughs> I think so. The amount of criticism he got, the, co- the, the lack of clock management, and how, how and listen, how could you really judge a guy who never coached in his life? I mean, it would have been ridiculous if he came in and all of a sudden he's Vince Lombardi. Saturday said, if life isn't an adventure, it's not worth living. We want an adventure in our life. We teach our kids that. I told her, listen, I've been around this game for 25 years, playing coaching and even more in the media. I've never heard of a player having an opportunity to go be head coach. All right, well, there it is. So he's the front runner, even though you could have any of these names. I mean, if you wanted an old boy who got a team to the Super Bowl, you could go with Dan Quinn. If you wanted a Sharp Young offensive mind, you could go with Shane Steichen. If you want to go with a guy that never got a chance, you could say Eric bien If you want to go with a DC, you go with D'Amico Ryans or the Rams Raheem Morris. There's all sorts of names out there to give fresh hope. But what kind of hope are you gonna have? Look, he he was a Pro Bowl uh, center for Peyton Manning. Uh, ursay knows him he's his buddy how fun is it to have your former employee and a guy who bows down to you and is super you know a man of faith so he's not going to do anything crazy you wouldn't think and ursay's like yeah he's a good guy yeah let's just give him another chance he's a good guy come on back
15: Straight Talk Wireless knows there are plenty of reasons you might need a new phone. But switching to a better wireless provider doesn't have to be one of them. Keep your own phone and save when you switch to any Straight Talk Wireless plan. Like our $45 Silver Unlimited plan with unlimited high-speed data and 5 gigs of hotspot. Plus, nationwide 5G. Keep your own phone. Switch to a better wireless plan. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Requires a compatible unlocked phone and QIOP kit. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability coverage and speed may vary. See latest terms and
8: conditions at straighttalk.com.
12: your things the right way call colonial van lines now for a free quote
0: call now to learn more about this special 250 dollars long distance move discount 800-847-0225 800-847-0225 800-847-0225 that's 800-847-0225
3: science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental emotional and physical health the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. And now save $1,000 on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed Queen, only 19.99 plus special financing, only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Uh, you know, people are always asking me, Tiger... Uh, how do you do it and my answer is shut up Uh, I ask the questions around here I'm Tiger Woods
11: Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
2: Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's time to talk to JD Sharp from Pro Wagering and ProWagering.com. JD, Saturday night, I was out at my alma mater, uh, St. Mary's, I hadn't been there in many years. They've got a new video board and they've uh, made a lot of improvements, but they're playing their old rival. Uh, And the West Coast Conference, uh, Santa Clara and uh, St. Mary's beat them easily. Um, They're definitely a team that kind of starts off slow, like a lot of West Coast teams do, but uh, they really got it going in the second half. And uh, I know we talked about them before. I still don't see them getting past the uh, Sweet 16, but but how would you look at the Gales?
19: You know, I I look at St. Mary's, and we talked about this, I think, last week. But they're one of those teams you, you mentioned. They they start slow. That's because they play a very slow slow paced game. I think they have sixty two to sixty four possessions every game, which is maybe bottom ten in uh, you know in Division One. They have the size down low. They have the the bulk defensively. They don't turn the ball over. They've got the guard this uh, this Mahaney who is not six six like I thought. He's about six two six three. Yeah, but he's a very pretty decent athlete, a good shooter. You know, you got Mitchell Saxon. You have uh, Dukas, You have three or four guys that are in that 6'7", to 6'10", 220 to 240 range that are just, that are just they're, they're tough. They're, they're tough defensively, and they have enough athleticism offensively, I think, for the first time in a while to, you know, to be able to actually make it maybe kind of far in this tournament. And, and, and playing that slow-paced game, they're not going to get very tired doing that. So I think that they're actually set up pretty well uh, for a for a tournament run of some sort, and I actually had a conversation last week with somebody, and I said I think St. Mary's has an outside chance of making the Final Four right now, and I mean that. I think that there's a pretty decent chance that St. Mary's is going to make the Sweet Sixteen. I think there is a good chance, uh, or uh, maybe a little less than decent chance, that they're going to make the the Elite Eight, and then I think there's definitely a chance that they make the Final Four. So they're one of those teams that I would look like look at, in uh, not quite the Purdue territory not quite the Alabama territory, who is probably the most dominant team in college basketball right now, but I think they're on that Arizona type of level, um, maybe even a UCLA type of level, because UCLA doesn't have that size that most St. Mary's does, and they don't have as good of guard play, but I think they've got a little more depth and they've got a little more size. So, yeah, I think St. Mary's is, is, is a team to watch this year and a team that if, let's say, you can get them at 75-1 to right now, uh, that would be a good wager to make, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I saw Mahaney. He looks like nothing. He's a true freshman, a skinny kid. He kind of looks like a young Pistol Pete. He's from Lafayette, which is literally where St. Mary's is. So he's a local kid. All right, let's talk about the Big 12, the gauntlet that is the Big 12. K-State versus Iowa State. The Cyclones win. That was 12 over 5. And now that, that means that uh, there's a three-way, top, uh, three-way tie atop the, uh, the Big 12. Uh, it is a rocky road in that conference.
19: It's uh it I would say top to bottom, it's the best conference in college basketball. And it's not even really a conversation. I think that Texas Tech, who's maybe the seventh best team, has a good chance, uh would have a good chance of actually winning the Big Ten this year. I think they would have a chance. Maybe if not, produce pretty damn pretty dang good. So maybe second or third in the Big Ten. But uh you, you look at TCU what they did to Kansas, eighty three to sixty, then Kansas loses to Baylor, but if you watch that game, I think Baylor's pretty overrated. They do get Chama Chama Chachua back. I want to say in a couple of weeks, but they, they totally rely on three, but, uh, you have a team like TCU. They've got 611 Eddie Lampkin. They've got Mike Miles, who in my opinion is one of the, he kind of reminds me of like maybe even a more sturdy Russell Westbrook. He's going to be a good pro player. He's kind of like a Donovan Mitchell in the, in the build and the way he, he plays the game, but he's not as good of a three point shooter. They've got Damian Ball, you know, Joe O'Bannon Jr. They've got, uh, Emmanuel Miller. They've got Micah Peavy off the bench, the transfer from Texas Tech. Uh, they've got they, they they go nine or ten deep. They play good defense. They don't turn the ball over too much. They don't foul very much, which is, which is important in a very ultra athletic conference like the Big Twelve. And that size allows them not to foul. So yeah, I think that TCU has a legitimate chance. If I today, if, if I made a choice today, I would say TCU will make the final four. I think they have a very good chance of winning it all. Then you got Kansas State. Kansas State has they go about nine or ten deep. They've got Marcus Noel, who's one of the most probably probably one of the better. Uh, Players under five foot ten in college basketball maybe the last ten or twenty years. You have Iowa State, who TJ Osbourn is obviously a phenomenal coach. I thought he was very average at UNLV, but well, what he's done with Iowa State, he's he's very good at 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 making the talent that he has work. You know, he's got Caleb Grill, Gabe Kalsu, a couple of three star guys, Tam and Lipsy, a four star guy, but he's got some good size. He got the transfer with Hassan Ward and Osun Musuni from uh, I want to say Saint Bonaventure. So yeah, they've back he's actually got. Not that much talent, but what he has, he uses it very, very well. And obviously you have Kansas with Grady Dick and Kevin McCuller and DeJohn Harris, who I think is pretty overrated. Uh, They're they're that team that they just don't have the depth. They're kind of like North Carolina in that regard. But if they get hot, and Jalen Wilson is probably a top three or five player in college basketball, if he starts making his shots and the opponent's not hitting their threes, Kansas can beat anybody. So, yeah, Texas Tech, and then Texas obviously is top ten. Uh, they don't have that center presence, but they've got those good guards. The coach, uh, I think the the, the new coach has coached pretty well. They've got they go nine or ten deep. They've got plenty of talent. They, they they don't have that six ten to seven foot you know guy down low, but they have you know Sir, Sir Jabari Price, Tyrese Hunter, Marcus Carr, who when he gets hot can can fill it up like anybody else in college basketball. So yeah, I would say that the Big Twelve and then Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State with.
13: You have um,
19: they're they're not very good offensively. They turn the ball over a little bit, but they're great defensively. And if Musa Ceejay can get healthy, who's a seven foot one big who transferred from from Memphis, then I think that they've got a chance to make the tournament. So yeah, top to bottom, the Big Twelve is the toughest conference in college basketball, and might be one of the best conferences bas- college basketball's had in over a decade, Rick.
2: Rick Tittle with JD Sharp from Pro Wagering. A couple more questions about NCAA basketball. Florida Atlantic is finally ranked. They're one of the only one-loss teams, I think with Purdue and College of Charleston at nineteen and one. Dusty May in his fifth year there as the head coach. Should we not call them Cinderellas anymore? Or just give them the respect I guess they deserve, right?
19: I think so. I mean, you put it, they go ninety. Um, they're they're not very big outside of one center. Their their center is seven foot one, I think, two hundred and forty pounds. He's uh, he's pretty he's pretty impressive. And they have they have three or four guards that are six two to six five. Again, they don't turn the ball over. They play good D. They play kind of like Purdue in that regard, but they're probably a little smaller. Where well, Purdue's got seven five Zach Eady, they've got six foot Braden Smith. They've got six five Brandon Newman, six six Mason Gillis, six four Fletcher Lawyer. I would say Fort Atlantic has a center that's not as good as Eady, but maybe has better guard players than Purdue does. So uh, they're they're going to run through their conference. They're going to make the NCAA tournament. I think they have a very good chance of making the Sweet 16 or even the Elite 8 as well because the way that they, that they line up. You know, 7-1, 40 with some skill, there's not too many players that can guard that. And then if you have guards that don't turn the ball over and play good defense and getting passing lanes and, and, and actually draw a lot of fouls, which Florida Atlantic does, because of their athleticism, then you've got a recipe for upsets.
2: You know Gonzaga. They uh, drew Timmy had a great game at UOP, uh, thirty-eight points, um, and they're seventeen and four. They're completely out of the top ten now, and a lot of people coming in. I think you liked them, and I, I don't, and I can see why you would. It seems like they're always, you know, in the in the top five. Um, what is it about their seventeen and four that is not as impressive to people as much as Baylor, or Xavier, or Marquette is getting? Who get more love?
19: Yeah, I don't think that Gonzaga has beaten any good teams by a a decent margin. They beat Bama in kind of a game where Bama didn't have a couple of players. Gonzaga made a lot of shots. They did beat Baylor in a kind of a game like that as well. But I thought that, I mean, you always know that Drew Timmy is a defensive liability. He's one of the worst defensive players at his position in Division I, individual basketball. It's just a fact But he's a great offensive player. I thought that they would... Uh, combine efton reed from lsu the transfer who's about seven foot he's got under a seven foot seven wingspan i thought that he would improve tremendously from last year and he would play the five team would play the four malachi smith would come in the transfer from chattanooga and play really well Rustier bolton would come off the bench salas with the five star would get better and then Strauss would get better and almost none of those things have happened in fact the exact opposite has happened nolan hickman has made some strides salas has gone backwards which is pretty impossible to do uh, Drew Timmy has been has gotten worse defensively. isn't isn't any more athletic offensively. Evan Reed doesn't play. Anton Watson has played okay, but they they just don't have what they need to be a dominant team this year. And if they're not going to dominate their conference, they stand no chance in the NCAA tournament. In my opinion, I think Gonzaga uh, is. is is pretty much right for the taking. I think that they're probably going to end up a 4 or 5 seed, and they're very likely to lose to pretty much any 12 seed. In order for them to advance deep in the Sweet 16, they're going to need almost a perfect matchup in the tournament this year.
2: Very interesting. And, you know, as I peruse through the top 25, I see a name I don't usually think about with basketball, and that's Boise State. Uh, Marcus Shaver, Jr. is kind of the, the guy there. What do you know about the Broncos of Boise?
6: Boise
19: State plays a very slow-paced game. They play good defense. They're not great offensively. They have enough size. Tyson Degenhart's a pretty impressive player. Shaver's good. Uh, Ray J. Dennis is good. A, a team that I that I I actually took the Fresno Boise first half under and full game under last night. Hit them both. By the way, Rick, I'm four and I went four and one last night. I've won 14 of my last 21 wow. college basketball games. I'm feeling pretty good about a couple games tonight as well. Yeah, Boise State's one of those teams. They're kind of like St. Mary's, uh, but maybe a little less talented in the regard that they play slow, they don't turn the ball over, they play good D, and they score when they have to. They're not they're not offensive juggernauts, but they're good enough offensively, and they're good from the foul line.
2: Last question for you. Houston uh, lost to Temple by one on Sunday. They're 18-2. and two. They won nine games in a row, and that drops them – out of the top five. Why, you know, this is a team that was won at, at one point. Why is it that, you know, teams like right there in, in their own state, Texas is getting more love than Houston?
19: Yeah, that's because Houston, they are in the Big 12 next year. They're not there yet, and I'm glad they are going to be in the next year because they deserve to be in there, and that's a massive, massive market. Uh, it's a, it's a three, three to five million person market, So, and it's going to help them with recruiting. But Houston, they kind of live and die by the three. That They're good off the dribble. They don't really have that presence down low. They need to walker. They need Sasser. They need Shedd. They need, they need their guards to hit from three. And if they're not hitting from three, the opponent's not going to score a lot of points. And Temple, I think, won the game by one, 58-56 or something like that, or 57-56. So it's not that Houston's ever going to give up 80 points a game. But they have a chance of losing a game because they do foul a little bit if they're not hitting their threes. And so Temple's one of those teams who's probably a little less athletic than Houston, pretty deep, has a good guy, or ha- has a presence down low that can score some points. And so uh, that's what Zach Hicks was able to do, which which prevented Houston from, from obviously winning the game. And so yeah, they, can, they can get in a situation where, if again, if they're not hitting their, their, their three-pointers, um, they can be vulnerable against a team that's nearly as athletic that that's not turning the ball over and playing decent defense themselves.
2: There he is, J.D. Sharp, ProWagering, ProWagering.com. Nobody knows it like he does. J.D., good stuff. Thanks, man. Hey,
19: thanks a lot, Rick. Appreciate it,
2: man. All right. I'm Rick Tuttle. We'll take a quick break. And we got time if you want to get in at 1-800-878-PLAY. Who's watching? Tell me
13: who's watching. Who's watching me?
15: We've been helping inventors since 1984. Let's help you next. Take advantage of the opportunity to get started today. Call
5: 1-800-356-7308. That's 1-800-356-7308. Again,
7: 1-800-356-7308.
9: Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, Stop overpaying and call right now.
0: Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-965-1295. 800-965-1295. 800-965-1295. That's 800-965-1295. How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than 2 bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees, and our 15 day guarantee. Call now 800 617 5145. 800 5145. 800 5145. That's 800 617 5145.
17: Sometimes when I'm driving on the road at night, I see two headlights coming toward me, fast, I have this sudden impulse to turn the wheel quickly head on into the oncoming car. I can anticipate the explosion, the sound of shattering glass, the flames rising out of the flowing gasoline. Right. Well, I have to to go now, Duane, because I'm due back on the planet Earth.
11: Tittle ain't the man, but Rick Tittle know who the man is, and he slapped his white fanny.
2: All right. If you want to know how much men's American tennis stinks compared to where it used to be, which was we ruled the world. When Borg retired, it was basically America. Well, last night, Tommy Paul, unseated American, beat Ben Shelton, another American, in the quarterfinals. It's too bad two Americans were playing each other. Seven six, six 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 three five seven six four. He's now going to the semifinal. He's the first American man to go to a Grand Slam semifinal since 2017. Ugh. He has beaten two seeded opponents. Number 30, Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. And number 24, Roberto Bautista Agut. Never heard of either of those guys. But Paul said, I'd like to think the last four years of my career has just been like steady steps moving up. I mean, that's what it's felt like. I hope 2023 is a year where I really make a big jump. Well, if you think the last guys to play in a Grand Slam semifinal was Andre Agassi, Robbie Ginepri, remember him, and James Blake. That was it. Paul is ranked 35th uh, in the world, and uh, he'll play a guy named – Novak uh, Djokovic. (laughs) No relation to uh, the uh, boxer, Jake Paul. Is it Jake Paul? What's the other one's name? I think there's a brother too, right?
15: Jake is the boxer. Logan wrestles.
2: Logan is the other one. Thank you, Dominic. All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in. and We'll see you tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time.